0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to In Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by reporter Danya Perez. She joins the show to talk about the ongoing school mask mandate controversies. Uh, welcome to the show, Danya It's good to have you.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: I know that it's been a very fluid situation uh, with the mask mandates, but can you take us through the last two weeks as students and parents get uh, get ready to go back to school? And then we'll talk about uh, last night's um, board meeting. But uh, let, let, let's go through the past two weeks and, and see how everything's kind of changed and progressed.
1: Sure. Um, and yes, you're right. Fluid is is definitely a good word to describe it. Um, so most districts in the region started their Um, or are starting their school year, I should say. It's happening as we speak. Um, they're starting their school year between the 9th of August. Then they had another start date on the 16th, which is, which was this week, this Monday. And then another start date on the 23rd. So most districts started on the 16th. Then we have a few of them starting this upcoming week by this Monday. We should have most. The majority, the vast majority of the districts in the region and the county already starting their, their, their school year. What happened on the ninth of uh, the biggest district that started that week was San Antonio ISD and they were joined by a handful of others. But as the week went by, that's when the county started reporting a, a huge spike in cases, right? San Antonio has always been very adamant about, you know, they, they, they keep or most districts, but San Antonio has been very outspoken about how they keep close tabs with what's happening uh, in the community as far as the spread, because that obviously is going to translate into what's happening in the classrooms. So then the conversation began about um who, you know, Houston was ready to find the order, the mask um Mass mandate ban by Governor Abbott and the conversation started about you know who is gonna uh, follow the lead here in San Antonio so there was already talk of what can be done Uh, parents um, we had a lot of parents um, saying that they wanted uh, uniform mask wearing in their schools there's obviously a lot of others who are opposing it who wanted to remain optional um, most of the people that we've been hearing that want the mask mandate to remain optional, however, it's because they don't want their children wearing masks in school. So um, even though they're saying option, it's, you know, the, the option not to wear it in reality for most of the people against it. Then what happened is on um, earlier in the week, this week on the 16th, I believe, because of a... Temporary restraining order that the city and the county were able to um, get from a judge. They were granted this temporary restraining order against Governor Abbott, um, allowing them to impose the mass mandate and and disregard his ban. Right. So a judge allowed for this. So within that week, within that first week of classes, for San Antonio ISD and a handful of districts, some of them were able to already start implementing mandatory mask policies within their districts. So the, the, the handful of them that had started, uh, the school year, including San Antonio ISD, imposed the mask mandate. Others that were about to start school on Monday, on the 16th, started to put out notices, notices letting parents know that you know, this was going to be part of the return to school. There are a few in there that was start had like weird starting dates, like uh, in the middle of the week that week or something. They had like maybe a forty less than forty eight hours to let parents know, hey, we're starting and we're starting with masks wearing. So um, most of them abide by the the county mandate at that point, asking everybody to require masks in their schools. And and we knew that it was going to be kind of a, um, you know, like it's been called a lot. It's a tug of war. Right. Like everybody has been calling it that. And it's it's true. I mean, it's been one day uh, the county has the ability to do it the next day. Uh, you know, I think it happened over the weekend that weekend. The, the Supreme Court ruled against the the counties. So their temporary restraining orders were all of a sudden. Not being enforced. Um, so throughout that weekend, you had districts telling parents, yes, we are going to mandate masks. And then, no, we can't anymore. We have to abide by the state regulations. And, uh, it was, it was very confusing to say the least for a lot of parents. The, the superintendent, Pedro Martinez announced that they were going with mandatory masking and also requiring vaccinations for their staff um, as of October 15th, or that's that's kind of like the date where everybody has to show compliance, right? Everybody has to show proof of vaccination by October 15th. So that was all in in a matter of days. And and they started the week by saying, We're gonna require this regardless of Proceedings, regardless of who wins or who loses or what's granted and what's not. So San Antonio ISD was the first one to take that particular stand. Then other districts started following. You know, it wasn't based just, just on, on one a, a local district doing it. I think it was based on everybody seeing the same numbers, right? Seeing that the cases in the county were rising, that their ICU, um, you know, was getting full again, that there's less nurses, like all the reports that we've been getting, uh, obviously districts are paying close attention to. So all of those decisions um, started to be made. Um, I believe it was Northside um, later implemented the same order. We had Northeast yesterday and we have other districts planning. I think Alamo Heights has the school board meeting tomorrow, um, Saturday. And the conversations have been ongoing and a lot more districts are planning to implement the same requirements, at least temporarily, so that they, they can keep track of these numbers and so that they can keep the spread kind of contained or away from their classrooms, I should say. Not really contained, but uh, outside the classroom uh,
0: at least. So you mentioned the Northeast ISD board meeting. You were at that meeting yesterday. What can you tell me about that meeting that stuck out for you?
1: Well, I mean, um, it was um, the show of support against um, mandatory masking was, I think, a little surprising, but I I can't really say that it was unexpected. Um, A lot of parents who were concerned about being in a room full of People m- were not there, right? I mean, there were emails sent to the board members uh, prior to the meeting, and um, one board member stated that they were uh, largely in support of of making masks mandatory. It was a very lengthy meeting. I was I was very, um, like I said, I've seen meetings like this before, so I wasn't technically surprised, but. Parents were very, very patient. They all waited to give their two cents. You know, they have 45 seconds to speak. Some were very frustrated. Others were just, you know, just wanted to speak their mind. And, but they understood that, you know, a decision was going to come either way. And, and most of them suspected, or at least, uh, some of the ones that, that said it in that way suspected that, um, there was already a decision, you know, based on what they've been hearing from other districts. So I don't know if that was true. I can't say whether or not the board members came in already knowing exactly what they were going to do. That's obviously not for me to speculate, but it was, I think they were reading... The, the county, right, um, per se, instead of reading the room. Like they were reading what was happening through the county. They were seeing what other districts were doing. And I think that's why there was a large show um, of of support, right, at the board meeting. That's why there was a lot of people waiting to talk. Um, by the time I got there, that was before 5 p.m. There was a huge line. That, by the way, the meeting was supposed to start at 5.30 30 there was a huge line outside the the building where the boardroom is at and it it was going around the building. Um, People were by, you know, well before five, the first, the the main boardroom was already filled. Uh, They have very limited seating in there to keep people spaced out and to actually be able to bring people in as they were making their comments before the board. Um, And then they, they filled very quickly two other overflow rooms.
0: Was there a lot of masks being worn or were they, uh, what were the people in the room like? Were they masked up or some people masked? Not, No one was masked? What was, what was most that situation like?
1: were, Yes, most people were not wearing masks. I was in both overflow rooms. Um, the first one had about 60 plus people The second one was nearing 50-ish when when I got there. And in both of them, I mean, I counted about 14 to 15 people wearing masks um, in those rooms. And, and you know, people were trying to keep their distance. There were other groups that were um, bringing their chairs closer together. They were there together. You could tell they were chatting amongst themselves um, People wearing shirts that said, "Will not comply and they had signs and they I think they were prepared for being like right in front of the board when a lot of them were in reality, not unless they signed up to speak to the board. But the vast majority of people that showed up signed up for public comments. Um, there was also people waiting outside they didn't let everybody in because there was they only allowed people in if they got there before the meeting started so there were other people who were left outside hoping they would be let in I think when I was leaving there was about 20 plus people waiting outside and and that was well into public comments uh, the meeting didn't end up finishing or a decision didn't come until well after 11 p.m. last night. So there was still after comments, there were still discussion there were still and through the discussion, there were still people waiting there in the in the boardroom.
0: And what did the what did the board eventually decide on?
1: The board eventually decided on adopting the recommendation of mandating masks. So they are mandating masks for up to six weeks. Um, the board will continue to assess the count cases. Uh, I mean, the the case counts, I'm sorry, (laughs) the case counts in the region. And it could be less than six weeks. They said it could be maybe four weeks if they see those a drop in cases. And if they see there's, you know, a lot more flexibility for the mask wearing. So but it could be at the six week mark. It could also be extended. So. Um, they left it as six weeks, up to six weeks, also with the ability to extend if this is not safe, right? If it's not safe to, if they don't deem it safe to remove masking.
0: So yeah, last year, there wasn't that many options. It was either remote learning or in-person and that was pretty much it. Now, parents don't really have the option for remote learning. Short of just taking their kids out of the classroom, Uh, what are some of the, the, some of these parents going to do, are they just going to have to like, just suck it up and, and have the kids wear the mask or are there any other legal questions that, that are still there for, um, that the school districts face?
1: Well, um, I don't know too much about the legal, you know, the legal options. They can very well take their children out of the district. Some of them, a few of them, I have to say it wasn't too many of them who did, um, tell the board they were prepared to remove their children. But then the school districts are also having to cope with the reality of case counts going up. And and a lot this year, as we've seen, there's a lot more children in the ICUs. There's a lot more children who are contracting the virus. So even though they have to, they're asking for that same flexibility to respond to a new variant that... Everybody's kind of learning about as they go. Uh, districts are ex- asking for that same flexibility, but at the state level, they've been putting, uh, regulations and, and, and and, you know, and all this, uh, you know, rules for them to follow that don't really match a fluid situation and a changing virus. And, and, you know, and, and also the very different communities that the, the virus is affecting.
0: So let me ask just you this is aside from uh, your reporting, that's more a question towards you. This has been such a rapidly changing situation. What, what has it been like as a reporter to follow this for kind of from the beginning and, are you constantly struggling to catch up and be like, what's going on next? Have you had stories just kind of like disappear because of the next news story? Like what, what's that been like as a reporter?
1: Yes. I mean, we've had to, uh, learn to, you know, prioritize a lot this year and also, pivot, right? You're right. I mean, that first week of classes, I was preparing for other, you know, long-term stories and I had been reporting on this and uh, many other projects that I had to immediately drop as all of this mass mandates became so fluid and, and changing in, in, in a matter of days. Uh, you know, we had very different decisions. So, Yes, I've had to pivot a lot. I've had to keep track of a lot of different sides of the story. And and I think I've also had to try and keep tabs with the parents um, a lot more. I mean, you try and do that on a regular year, right, regardless of the situation. But I think nowadays that's even more important because, yes, this we might report on what's happening on... And, and a particular school board meeting, or a particular day in the school, or even at the you know higher ed level. So, but if you don't talk to parents, or if you don't talk to the students going through it, you don't get the full story. So, I think this year has shown us that um, we can have many assumptions based on what has changed, kind of at the at the county level, at the state level, but then we also have to keep, keep close tabs of how parents are responding to this changes, how parents are dealing with this changes and, and, and just, you know, and that, that also goes at, at the end of the day, that also, um, that's also weighed by school districts. You know, they keep close contact with their parents and parents voice their concerns like we saw yesterday at board meetings or even via email like we saw at Northeast. And the we have to understand that those concerns, those frustrations are shaping a lot of those decisions as well. So um, I've learned a lot about that this year so far, but I think we're... And route to keep learning a lot more from, from parents as well.
0: All right, Dania. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all your reporting. Um, you have a good day today.
1: You too. Thank you so much for having me.